All right, everybody, we're back for another episode of the Own Your Journey podcast. Our guest tonight is Reggie Crawford, Northeast guy, our first Northeast guest. Really excited about that. UConn commit, top 100 prospect. Reggie, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Um, let's just jump right into, I would love to talk about the uh, fact that you do come from the Northeast. You're committed to UConn. Talk about what it's like being an elite player coming out of the Northeast. Obviously, some challenges with the weather and whatnot. How have you overcome those to get to the level where you're at? Um, let's just dive right into that. Um, I would just say creating contacts, um, getting to know everybody, uh, getting a good relationship with everybody so you could um, have the facilities to be able to work out and be able to hit and everything because like being in the Northeast, it's always like the weather isn't so great. So um, you always need the contacts and you always need to be able to, to get into facilities to hit and everything. So yeah, just creating a good uh, relationship with everybody and just um, just having the contacts to be able to, to jump around and do facilities and everything. Right. So, I mean, we've obviously seen you, you're a big athletic guy. What made you pick baseball? Talk about a little bit about your journey into the game. You know, what made you fall in love with it? When did you realize it was something that you could, you know, play at the college and potentially pro level? Um, well, my family's a, a huge baseball family. Um, my uncle played in uh, college. Um, and when I really started, I was, I, I think I was, I was three. Um, my uncle, we were in San Francisco. He lives out there and he was throwing, um, tennis balls to me. And I had one of those like little Reading Phillies bats and I was, I was sitting out there and that's just, we've always just been going along with it since then. So, um, I would say around little league, um, is when it started to take off and then I just gradually got better since then. I gotcha. So before we start recording, you were just telling me about your, uh, your swimming career. I'd love to hear more about that and you mentioned you know you're pretty new to summer uh, travel ball um mm -hmm. which was interesting i'd love to hear kind of about the swimming thing and your first experience you know being so recent and, and travel ball and what that was like okay so um yeah I, I would say i was always a baseball guy but um swimming was just i would say i, I was a little bit better at swimming um up until i, I would say uh, 16 so um, I'm a state record holder in the 50 free um, for Pennsylvania, and I got second in the 100 free this year. Um, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, think, I think I started when I was six, and um, I would swim all year round every single year. I took off a year when I think when I was 14, and then I came back my freshman year. Um, freshman year, I got like dead last in both of my events uh, my first year back, and then my sophomore year. I got fourth in my one event and seventh in the other. And then my third year back, I got the state record. And then I got second in that event. So, I mean, Jeez. yeah. So I would say up until, up until April, I would have probably gone to school for uh, swimming. Okay. And yes. so what, and so what changed and what's unique is there's a whole debate, you know, in the public about two sport athlete, three sport athletes, you know, Versus mm -hmm. just yeah. focusing on baseball and swimming is not a sport. It's usually like football, basketball, but yeah, yeah. for an elite player like you is like definitely a unique other sport. Like talk about what changed if, if obviously swimming was something that you're super talented at and you've gotten to mm -hmm. a great level in baseball, what changed mentally for you to go uh, the baseball route and then 
Like, how did swimming help you or hurt you in terms of playing baseball at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for baseball, it was always the money aspect. Um, like travel ball, everybody knows like how expensive travel ball can be and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's why I never really played. Like the last time I played, I think I was 12. So it was it was much cheaper then. Um, so swimming was always the, the cheaper route. So that's what I always swim. Um, the first time a college saw me for baseball was, yeah, I would say April, April or May. That was the first time a school saw me. Um, and like, I never liked swimming. I've always hated it. <laughs> like, even up until this la- this past swim season, I've, I've hated swimming. It's just like such a miserable sport for me. You really have to like swimming to like it. And oh, yeah. I was just, I didn't have that mindset to, to enjoy it. Like I always enjoyed baseball so much more. I got you. But, um, yeah. So I think April or May was the first time a, a, a college saw me for baseball. And then, um, I ended up getting some money together for a travel team. And then a few tournaments went by. I started getting my name out there. Um, area coach tryout that really got my name out there some more. So then I realized that baseball was really starting to take off pretty quick. Um, which I was happy about because I would have been miserable going to college for swimming. So, um, I was happy about that. Then East Coast Pro area code came up. Um, but yeah, it, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. This, this first year of travel ball back so yeah absolutely talk a little bit about so you mentioned you know some of the tournaments and stuff that you did do um what else did you do coming out of the northeast is you're kind of behind the eight ball already you know you're doing all the swimming stuff uh Mm. it sounds like you're pretty late in the process walk us through freshman sophomore junior senior year from a like exposure standpoint and the recruiting process standpoint like where were you freshman year where were you sophomore year just like kind of give us the full picture step by step and then aside from what you just mentioned in terms of, you know, going to the tournaments and, and showcases and stuff, what else were you doing? Were you emailing coaches? Um, what were you doing to kind of supplement that? Um, so my freshman year, um, I, I hit a growth spurt right before that. So um, my pitching was limited that year and my sophomore year because of that. So my pitching was limited. I threw like maybe eight or nine innings my freshman year for varsity and then I would just DH. Um, it was, it was the same way for the pitching aspect. My sophomore year, I was still like, it was just, I couldn't find the zone. Like it was just like I had to teach myself how to pitch again. Um, so it was just, it was, it was awkward. It was an awkward two years. Um, so I would just play first. Um, those two years pretty much. So, um, junior year, that's when everything started to fall into place. Um, like swimming, swimming has gotten me really far for baseball. Like I've not picked up a weight until uh, like it was, I think five months ago was the first time I picked up a, my first weight. That's when I started training. Um, so swimming has gotten me like extremely far. Like it's kept me in great shape. Um, so I was happy about swimming because of that part. But um, yeah, like s- freshman and sophomore year, not much baseball really, not much pitching, not much exposure. Um not much exposure in high school, my junior year at all. Um, like the colleges that saw me were there for another kid. I just happened to be pitching that game. And after that game, my name started getting out there. And then my, my summer coach, um, has a, has a ton of connections. So that really, that really helped a lot. So just pretty much mid summers when my name started to get out there. I gotcha. Um, Mm. talk about, 
Um, any adversity that you faced along the way, it sounds like, I mean, you've had a very unique path to begin with. Um, mm. But were there any critical moments where, you know, maybe some self-doubt creeped in? Because for our audience who are listening, you know, it's most likely players who are struggling to get seen and don't really know the direction they need to go to improve and stuff like that. Is there any light that you could shine on some of those moments where it, it seemed like maybe this couldn't happen for you? And what did you do to push through um, some of those moments? Yeah, they just need to like remember that it's it's never too late because like at, like this summer, all the kids in my grade, like there were so many that were committed and like I just felt so behind in the process. Um, but then all in all, I really wasn't behind in the process. So there's always still time to an extent. So I'll just say, just keep, keep doing you, keep grinding. And then like the schools will come to you, but you just have to produce, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's what, you know, for us getting all the direct messages and stuff that we get, that's why I try to tell kids is, you know, the easiest thing that you can do is just go out there and play well and look yeah. at someone like yourself who was, you know, swimming majority of the time up until recently. You know, you weren't even really on the, the travel ball circuit. We also get that question. You know, mm -hmm. do I need to be doing travel ball or should I be doing high school ball? And what your story epitomizes is that if you just go out there and kind of ball out, do your thing, eventually you just get it figured out. It all clicks. You started, yeah. to, build, you started to build some momentum in your process. And you could have gone to the events that you went to and gone on the travel ball circuit and played mediocre or not played well. And I don't think you'd be in the position that you're in. You know, yeah. the, the difference was you took the time. You did go to um, the places that had the infrastructure for the scouts and the coaches to see you. But the difference is, you know, you just produced and you made a name for yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And it was completely organic. You weren't really doesn't sound like at least you weren't a player you know coming out of eighth grade with a lot of hype and stuff you yeah know? yeah so mm -hmm. um i think that's you know really important for players who are listening to this to understand that you know if you could if you could do it then so can they it might not mean that they're going to end up going to uconn and you know making it to the level that you did with your ability and your natural ability but at the same time that might mean you know going to a great d3 or d2 or a great junior college yeah exactly uh, so i think it's that's really important um, I, I would love to dive a little bit deeper into your development as a player and especially the swimming thing is obviously an interesting angle. Um, so what have you done in terms of like the weight room, your big physical guy? Um, what's like your, your routine like right now? Um, you know, what were you like kind of before your growth spurt and stuff? Like walk us through the development, um, you know, of your physical skills. Okay. So, so when I was younger, um, I was always the average height, I would say. Um, like there were there were a lot of kids that were were bigger than me, and a lot of kids that were also smaller. Um, so swimming has always kept me in shape. Um, I was always in better shape. I wasn't always big, but I was always um, I, my cardiovascular system was always better, and and I was like sort of ripped, but not ripped. Like it just a it was just a swimmer's body, you know. Yeah. And um, uh. So as I said, like right before freshman year, that's really when I started peaking to an extent height wise. I, I hit a growth spurt. I, I, I can't even give you a, I don't know what height I went from to two, but um, yeah, I, I grew, I grew a pretty, pretty big amount. So um, swimming has always 
kept me on um, muscular wise because all these kids, like a lot of kids that I know started lifting when they were like 11 and 12 and stuff like that. So um, I always felt behind in that aspect because I always felt like I was weaker than everybody. Um, so like, as I said, like five months ago, I would say I started in the weight room and I trained at this facility, um, about 30 minutes away from my house called next play sports performance. And the first three months were just focusing on like the smaller muscles, like my hips and, and like the foundation, like getting a base for everything. And like two months ago, we started like the actual, um, like the bigger muscles. So in that amount of time, I would say I put on 18 to 20 pounds of like good muscle. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So, and like, I have really, really good genetics. Like my dad, like he's a, he's a massive guy. No, I mean, you can tell, I mean, when you, when you swing and and like, you know, when you see you produce out there, Mm -hmm. you can definitely tell the genetics guys from, from not for sure, especially at your age, like you're still not even fully developed. Yeah. Um, I just started getting arm hair not too long ago. Yeah, so in that aspect, I'm still really. Jeez, no, watch I'm, out. Yeah. UConn's getting a, a beast, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, like in my family, I have my uncle's 6'6". Six, six, we have two 6'8s then. And they all grew their last few inches in college. So I'm happy about that. Maybe I'll take, take after them. So Yeah, absolutely. My mom's side. Right. What do you – did you see a notice? Uh, did you notice a – a difference in your game um, once this all this uh, development's taking place did it like all click at once where you know you put on this you know 18 20 pounds of muscle did you really notice a big difference like right away like after that short period of time um, or was this just something like as high school was progressing you just kind of noticed like hmm, like I'm, I'm on a track you kind of trusted your process and you know put on the muscle um, like what was that like in terms of uh, kind of marrying the development and the production on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it, it's, it's a crazy difference. Like for the hitting aspect, like I feel so much more powerful now. Um, and now like that I've had this strength um, part implemented into it. Like I've also now just been um, like introduced to like hitting coaches and, and pitching coaches and everything. So now everything's starting to click. Um I really haven't pitched since I I have, but I haven't um, pitched since like I've started all this. Um, so like swimming has gotten me to ninety four. So I can't see. I can't wait to see what um what it's gonna look like now that I've implemented baseball specific workouts into my my program. So yeah, absolutely, and I think it's great that you're getting ahead of the curve. Um, that's something that I personally. Uh, reply to players who message me or, you know, ask us on Instagram is like, what's the hardest part about college baseball? And for me personally, that's all I can answer for was I was similar to you, just always kind of a big physical kid. Didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily mean I was always in the best shape. I was just a big physical frame. And I didn't always take the strength and conditioning part serious in high school because of that. And it just all hits you at once when you get to college. Um, so I think it's super important for players to prioritize their development. And yeah. what I think your story represents is if you just prioritize what you need to do and understand what you need to improve to realistically be a college prospect. And mm-hmm. then you put yourself in, it was what, your junior year when you started like the, the showcases and travel ball? 
Was it your junior yes. year? Yeah, it was. It was this past year. Yeah, and I mean, we're getting you know DMs from kids who might be listening to this who are in eighth grade freshman year, and they feel like they're behind. And that's what your story represents. And I think it's really important that you're on this podcast and and sharing mm-hmm. this because everyone's process is different. And you know, we have interviews on this podcast with players who who did commit in eighth grade or freshman year or started to at least get noticed in eighth grade. I mean, they didn't necessarily commit in eighth grade, but you know, early commits, you know, had a lot of hype behind them, which is which is great. If you're that caliber player and you're doing the travel ball circuit and that happens, that's fantastic. But yeah. that's like that's like maybe no more than fifty, a group of fifty players in every grade that that happens yeah, to. Exactly. Exactly. So that's like fractions of a percent of everybody who's going to play college baseball. So um, I just think the, um, you know, that's your story is perfect. And you're a Northeast guy, you know, you have that not working for you. It's, it's just a great story to get out there. Um, so what's, so what's kind of next for you? Um, obviously you're going to UConn. What's kind of on your radar in terms of, you know, milestones, benchmarks that you want or need to hit, uh, so that when you show up on campus, you know, you really feel like you're ready to even get things to another level. Yeah, so, so um, uh, this, this year, year I'm, 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 I'm stopping that. that. So, so my goal on the mound is get up to 96, 97 maybe, um, if I do everything I need to do. Um, so that's, that's, that's my goal going into next year. Um, so I feel that, yeah, I feel that I'll get there. I got gotcha. you. Um, so before we wrap up, we kind of have the same, I guess, question or where we leave each episode off of this podcast. Um, let's wrap it all up into kind of one piece of advice that players who are listening to this can really wrap their heads around. Um, we've had other players give advice around the exposure piece. We've had other guys give life advice. Um, we've had other guys give academic advice. Mm-hmm. If you could, if you could, Give advice to a general player who's struggling through the process of developing and getting seen. What would that advice be? I would just say, um, just realize it's it's never too late, and um, just make sure you take everything step by step because you never really want to know. Um, like you don't want to peak at an early age. Like all these kids, like so many kids peak, like when the, when they're somewhat young. And you don't really want to do that because then you never know. If you, if you don't peak at that age, then you won't know what your ceiling is until it, it's there. But if if you peak at a young age, then it just it's, it won't be as good. It won't be as good of a feeling for the future. So, I mean, right. yeah, just take, take it step by step. Right. And just to build off that in closing, it's even like you think about like the playoffs in any sport. It's always the hot team that ends up winning the whole championship. You know what I mean? It's very right. rarely the team that necessarily has, you know, 110 wins, you got to be hot at the right times. And it's the same way with development. You know, it's great. Like we just discussed, it's great if you're a freshman or sophomore right now and you're crushing it on varsity, but the guys who are getting cut from JV, getting cut for varsity, who are hungry, who have that growth spurt in them or have that extra potential that just hasn't shown up yet, they're Mm -hmm. coming for your spot and they're going to be hungrier because they went through adversity. You know, exactly. It's not always the best thing to be at the top the whole way. And that's why I love your story. That's why you're on this podcast is to mm-hmm. show that, no, you weren't necessarily the All-American all, 
the whole way and whatnot, but you found a way to make it work. You're coming out of the Northeast. You're going to UConn, which is probably, if not the best, one of the best programs uh, in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's rightfully earned. So, Reggie, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming on um, to the Own Your Journey podcast. And uh, where can the listeners find you uh, on social media if they want to keep up with your journey? Um, I am uh, I am Reggie Crawford is my Instagram. So it's at I am Reggie Crawford. Awesome. Well, hopefully, guys, if you listen to this and you enjoyed Reggie's story, um, you'll hit him with a follow. I know that we follow him at Scout Day. It's been fun. Um, we've got a couple of his videos up on our page. It's really awesome to see a big, big physical guy. I mean, definitely one of the uh, the more physical guys we've we've posted on our page. So, um, and now that we've heard your whole story, it's uh, even more impressive. So, Reggie, thank you again for your time. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, if you enjoyed this episode of the Owner Journey podcast, please, you know what to do: subscribe, leave us five stars, leave us some kind words, share with a friend. Um, We really appreciate it. It will help us get the word out and get these amazing stories of these athletes uh, out to the world. So until then, we'll see you next time on the Own Your Journey podcast.